Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First Credit Union, a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Uh, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Business Matters live stream. Uh, my name is Rob Kapal. I'm VP Business Development for Now Media Group, and I'll be moderating the session today. Um, we are live streaming on Zoom and on our Clone and Now Facebook page as well, and these recordings will be available afterwards as well. Anyone that's tuning in, please feel free to ask questions. We'll do our best to get to it. We have a, a full panel today, so we typically don't get to all the questions, unfortunately, but we can circle back and try to do as much as possible. Um, for those of just tuning in for the first time, Business Matters is sort of our way of giving back to the community and doing our part to help. Um, we've been doing this for about a month now, and we're looking forward to continuing. So this today's session sort of is a it's neat because it's a follow up from a previous session we did a session we did a couple weeks ago with the local associations, and we're excited to welcome the four presidents of each of the associations today. Um, I've been reading a lot about you know there's a lot of I'll call leads coming in now. I think our market is more desirable now than ever, and we're seeing a lot of leads coming in. So this. I mentioned to see if those leads are going to be converting to sales in the coming weeks and we don't have a crystal ball to know what that looks like but we're going to talk a little bit about that plus how each of these businesses because you know everyone wears two hats here their presence but they're also in their own business how their associations and their business have been able to pivot uh and and you know we'll, all the terminology we hear the new norm and pivot and adapt to the new norm and how we're going to what's it going to look like so um there is some uncertainty still obviously we still don't know what the next few months are going to look like so we're going to spend some time to, to, today and talk about that so so let's get started um i'm going to welcome everyone so thank you guys for taking the time this morning to join us for the next uh, 55 minutes and answer some questions. Um, so first of all, I'd like to welcome Rich Delfo from president of the Urban Development Institute, UDI. He's also VP Development uh, for Troika Management Corporation. Um, Rich has been with Troika for over eight years and um, spent some time previously at CT2 Consultants where he planned and designed communities, parks, and public spaces for many developers, institutions, and municipalities. So very broad uh, uh, history that he brings to us as well. So welcome, Rich. Uh, I'd like to welcome Kim Heisman, president of the Okanagan Mainline Real Estate Board, uh, realtor of Century 21 as well. So Kim began her journey in 2017 with Century 21 um, and moved into 2007, sorry, yeah, 2017, like two years ago, uh, 2007, thank you for the correction, um, and moved into specializing first-time home buyers, relocation and investment. And she recently, it says, acquired her own real estate uh, broker license and now co-manages the burning location. So welcome, Kim. Thank you. Tom Spatola, president of the Southern Interior Construction Association, so SICA, and branch manager at the Harris Rebar uh, location branch in Kelowna. Um, Tom got his start in construction following his dad's footsteps. Um, and he started with uh, Harris Rebar. So been for over 18 plus years. Um, with the company, so brings a lot of experience in the construction uh, industry, obviously. Welcome, Tom. And lastly, Cassidy DeVere, president of the Canadian Home Bill Association of Central Okanagan. You got the longest name, um, CHBACO. Uh, and also president and co-owner of third generation homes in Kelowna. Um, 
Cassie was actually born and raised in Kelowna and you find her a lot when, when we're able to be a basketball coach on a basketball uh, a court and volunteers with lots of nonprofit organizations as well. So, so thank you all four of you for joining us today. So, so let's get started. So we're gonna we're gonna start. We're, we're gonna go through some questions this morning, and like I said, probably for the first half hour, and then hopefully we'll get some you know questions in from the audience that we can tackle as well. So, um, so Rich, I'll start with you. I know, like I said, we want to focus on associations, but before we do, I want to talk a little about what your other hat you wear, and on the Troika side it is. You know, what's, what's the Troika world looking like right now for you guys? What are you seeing the last 90 days when it comes to uh, development? Uh, you know, I know you guys are moving forward with a few of your developments. Can you speak around that as well? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us, Rob. Um, yeah, so it's certainly been interesting times over the last few months um, in, in our world on the, on the real estate and land development side. Um, I would say, you know, a lot of times our projects, uh, you know, Sales is where we've we've seen the biggest impact for sure, in terms of the number of um, people actually moving forward with agreement and completing. But um, that seems to be changing. So I would say a couple months ago, you know, that slowed down. We still had lots of people interested and in in our products. So we we do have projects across Western Canada, yeah. everything from large landmass real real estate projects, so single family subdivisions, all the way through to um, commercial and um, multifamily projects. And across the country, we've seen very similar um, situations with a, a slowdown in the sales, but then um, a, a significant uptick in registrations online. And what's changed, I would say, over the last few weeks is previously we were having a lot of registrations, but not as many people um, willing to actually come out to site and check out the actual product. Whereas now the calls are coming in and the registrations are coming in and they're wanting to book appointments and come and see what we're doing and, and what we have to offer. So definitely trending in that direction um, and starting to see some deals start to come together. So it's exciting time. That's excellent. And we'll, and we'll, we'll circle back to that because I do want to speak to that a little bit later as well, but I want to switch just quick, uh, some focus on um, from UDI perspective, what are you hearing from your members and other, you know, from your, your members plus your other board members on how business is doing for them and where they need the most support right now? Yeah, again, it's an interesting situation. I think very similar. Everyone's going through similar situations. They're trying to decide how they can move forward with their, their projects that they have on, on their plate. Obviously, anything that was in, in process is continuing to move forward. Development is continuing to, to, to progress and construction is continuing to progress under, under different guidelines and rules, um, obviously, for the workers on the site to make sure everyone is safe. Um, but it's, it's really just making that decision on pulling the trigger on new projects is where, where you see some variation. And for the most part, development is triggered on pre-sales, um, right. new development. And that's, that's where I think there's been some hesitation on, on buyers and to actually move forward and get the full pre-sales in order to trigger the development project to move forward. Um, some, some projects have been able to move forward for sure. And others are, are a bit on hold. And so I'd say, you know, that, that's where a key focus is. And I think that's where, where there's some changes starting to happen. You know, there's all the banks that we hear from, all the people that, that deal in that industry are very, very busy with pre-approvals. People are getting ready to go. And, and I think it's an opportune time to really take advantage of low interest rates. Um, there's some changes with the, with the um, stress test to allow people to get into the market. Um, and so my concern, and which goes along with the support, I guess, to some degree is that if we don't move those projects forward now, there will be pent up demand 
and a lack of inventory, which will of course start to drive up pricing. So um, certainly I think it's just a matter of continuing to move people forward and, and, and the projects forward and keep our, our people employed that are working on our construction sites. That's great. Thank you. Thank you, Rich. Um, I'm going to move over to you, Kim, on that as we continue that discussion maybe is um, your, what are you seeing in your market right now when it comes to supply and demand? So we've been hearing like, you know, our listings down, but now buyers are down, so it hasn't evened up. So you can speak around that, that supply and demand model that you're seeing right now. Sure, because it's a really unique situation because it's almost been like a pause market for us. We've never seen this before. So because our listings have come down and I believe the numbers last month were about 50% and our sales have come down almost relatively, it, uh, it just paused the market. The demand prior to the pandemic was quite high for buyers to try and find their perfect house and that hasn't changed. So it didn't change the type of market that we're in, it just paused it. So we're seeing the same uh, information coming through with Rich, or at least I am in my own business, where uh, I've, I've seen the, the phone started to ring as soon as uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry said, okay, we might open up in the next few weeks. And so we've had the sellers that, or at least I've had the sellers that were on pause for a couple months wanting to say, okay, can we get on the market now? And then the buyers that uh, were saying, okay, can we go out and you know, can we look at houses now? Like, what can we do now? So, yeah, we've definitely seen a little bit of an uptake in those numbers over the last couple of weeks, or at least I have in my own business. Are you seeing from an armor perspective, because you guys, you mentioned just before we hopped on the call that you cover such a broad territory, like mm -hmm. geographically, are you seeing some regions or areas affected more than others, or are we kind of all in this together? I think we're all in it together. Uh, I think due to the lack of inventory, if Kelowna is, is definitely a bigger territory with that having more inventory. So I do think the smaller communities are going to uh, see a little bit more of an impact because their inventory isn't as high. But I, I do think that we are all in this storm together. Right. Fair enough. Well, thank you. Um, Tom, if, if you can jump in there, maybe um, is because you're you're more on the, I guess, can we say the supplier side with your Harris rebar side of it? So we'll, we'll move into the Sika side in, in a second here. But what are you seeing? What does what the last 90 days look like to you? And what are you forecasting over the next, you know, so as, as, as this changes? We're, we, uh, we supply and install our material. So we actually are a trade. Um, okay. What we're seeing in the last 90 days is a slowdown uh, on our job sites uh, due to COVID, um, especially with uh, the new protocols and keeping the six feet distance. Um, and it's made schedules go longer. Uh, general contractors are not hitting dates they want to hit. Um, what we're also seeing is uh, owners are struggling or not, not submitting or not um, providing LOIs or contracts for work that you're low on because they're concerned about the market conditions. And mm. and what do you what do you I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what do you what do you think the next say the next you know 30, 60, 90 days are gonna look like from from your perspective? Well, I'm forecasting it to be slow for um for all of June and all of July, where hopefully we have a pickup in the third quarter and uh all that work that was scheduled to go in the second quarter will start in the third quarter along with the scheduled third quarter work. So I, I'm I'm seeing a really busy third and fourth quarter, obviously fourth quarter based on weather. Right. Yeah, we've um, this term has come up a lot in the call, calls we have spring loaded, the spring loader rebound because people are are you know obviously been in their homes and and typically 
real estate historically has bounced back fairly quickly when it comes to a downturn. So there, I think a lot of people are expecting the same and we're in a region that everyone likes to live in. So we're, we're, we're very desirable that size. So thank you. Um, Cassie, so you've been waiting there patiently. So, um, so you wear obviously like everybody else, you wear two hats and before we jump into this CHBA side. So what is uh, at third generation homes, what, what does that look like for you guys over the last uh, uh, three months? Um, well, it's been interesting for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, site cleanliness and, and sanitization uh, certainly um, certainly has changed and, and like most people, um, you know, sales completely died. Um, but we have been extremely busy. Phone is ringing off the hook. Um, I think at the end of the day, Kelowna um, is just a place people want to be. And as more businesses, um, you know, say, you know what, we're, we're working from home works for us. People might not want to live in their home in other cities. They might want to live in their home, uh, work from home in Kelowna. So um, yeah, it's, it's been a nice uh, change to see how busy we're going to be. Um, what is, how has your, your role changed as like president of, of the CHBA when it comes to your day-to-day -day side, like of being, engaging your board members and engaging your members, like, cause it's obviously a shift for you guys. We just talked about earlier that we're all zoomed out. Mm -hmm. How are you, how has that changed for you and how are you able to adapt to that side of it? I think that our industry was lucky that um, we were allowed to continue to work. So a lot of people still went to job sites. They still got to see people. Um, obviously it was different and a, a different scenario, but we weren't um, trapped at home all day long, uh, like a lot of other people were. Um, so we were still able to, you know, kind of have our small circles of going to sites, seeing the same people every day. But um, so that was definitely, uh, you know, our, we were lucky in our industry for that, for sure. Right. Um, it's interesting because I've, I've had this discussion before is in people are staying at home now, obviously we're working from home and what that's going to do to the market, both commercial, both commercially and residentially, you know, the first thought are, well, more people are going to be working from home. So people don't necessarily need as much commercial space. That was the first, but now we're hearing a lot of you know, what, what your home looks like might be different. If you are working from home, you, are you, you look around and go, do, do I want to work here all the time? And even on a commercial side, now you got to be able to have the space potentially to, to uh, adhere to the health regulations. So can you guys, and again, just jump in, whoever wants to tackle this, like what's your thoughts around that? Well, how's that gonna change the residential and or commercial side when it comes to uh, the, the new norm, again, we use in post COVID? I would say, I think a lot of things that people wanted in their homes are no longer important to them. And I think when people got you know, trapped in their homes for two months, uh, they're realizing like, why do I have this? I don't need this. You know, things like I always joke, the built-in vacuum is kind of like the fax machine. Why do we still have it? It's not convenient technology. It's a massive hose. Uh, you, can, you can buy a new vacuum for a third of the cost. Why are we still doing this? So um, I think when it comes to new builds and renovations and that stuff, people really look like, okay, what do I actually really need? Yeah, I would, I would echo. Sorry, Kim. Um, yeah, it's okay. Go ahead. Um, I would echo uh, some of those com um, comments that you have, Cassidy, and and just I, I think there's 
there's going to be a mixed reaction. I think different people are going to value different things. Um, you know, I, I could see some people that maybe were living in a multifamily setting saying, I wish we had a single family home and, and really look for that and drive towards that to be able to afford one and, and have that outdoor yard space to themselves at maybe a little bit larger place. And then you'll have a different group, a different subset that will actually be the opposite and saying, you know, I really value our interactions, my social interactions, doing things outside of my house. I really don't need much in my house other than, uh, you know, a bedroom and a place to cook some food. So it will be very interesting to see how the market shifts and changes and, and what actually is important to people in their homes. Yeah, and I was just going to uh, echo that. I think we're going to see a hybrid model. I think we're going to see some, like what Rich just said, some are going to downsize because they want to continue going to work and they haven't figured out there's space that they don't need. And then there's other people that are, are going to say, no, 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 I really want some more space. So I, I agree with that. I think we're going to see a hybrid and, and some change come down the, the road that way. Um, Tom, if, how are you, from a SECA point of view, how are you guys um, keeping your members and board engaged? What are you doing sort of as a president? Are you, how are you connecting with the rest of your board members and, 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 and I guess SECA members as well? Well, we're doing the Zoom meetings like, like everyone else. Um, we actually, uh, we stopped all of our board meetings um, and we're just trying to reopen that up sometime early June. It's been a struggle, to be honest. Uh, we've also gone through uh, some internal change too, which hasn't helped, That's that's been, been new. Um, but basically Zoom and then uh, a lot of phone calls with the executive, the executive has stayed tight. And uh, we usually talk, we used to talk basically every Friday morning for, for a good 15 minutes. But now that things are starting to open up, we're hoping to get back to face-to-face meetings and networking, which is, which is, you know, a lot of the reasons why we join these boards. Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe Rich on that, I want to continue that on the networking side, um, you know, part of all the groups here, that, that's a big part of it, right? The networking education that you can offer your members and so forth. So can, can, I'd actually like to ask all of you guys that question when Tom kind of started is how have you been able to continue that side of it being, I know I've seen, you know, UDI, you're doing, you guys are doing Zoom calls like this as well, but how are you, how are you offering some of the educational side to your members as well? How is that continuing? Yeah, so, so far, so far, that's what our focus has really been on is the, the ongoing webinar series and, and just trying to bring relevant information, you know, to the, to the members and, and just really focusing on what's going to be pertinent today. And, and we've had lots of conversations about that, you know, early on in this pandemic, there was, it was changing every day. It was changing every day. It was like, if you try to plan something for three weeks from now, it could be out of date and not relevant anymore. So really just focusing on that and, and setting out newsletters um, regularly that would include links to, to resources, um, keeping people informed, but certainly that the networking side has been um, a, one of the challenges that we've tried to figure out different ways to deal with that. Uh, our latest webinar, we had a little connection afterwards, another hour long session afterwards with the speaker to have some further discussion and just try to bring down that group smaller. And I've looked at other ways we, you know, to, to consider as we move forward, if we continue to do meetings like this through a webinar series where you can actually break out the participants into subgroups and let them have a, you know, have a little discussion. Maybe there's six to eight people and give them five or 10 minutes to have that, that usual before the lunch starts type of network banter and uh, 
you know, because that's really one, one of the things that's been hard to replace. Um, and, and again, looking to the future, hopefully we can still have some of the events that had been planned previously from golf tournaments to conferences. So we'll see, uh, you know, I think anything's going to have to be online other than outdoor events, right? Right. But we'll see how it goes from here. Oh, sorry, Rich. Uh, Kim, how about you? How, how has OMREP uh, been doing, like, or, 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 or connecting with their other board members and members and delivering sort of the education and the, the connection side to the other realtors? So the education is provided to us by our provincial body, which is BCRA. So okay. we're, we're charged with delivering it. So again, we use the Zoom meetings. We use the breakout rooms. Um, I attended a few education uh, courses myself during it. It actually worked really well. Uh, and I really liked the Zoom because you could actually see the faces of a lot of realtors that you normally wouldn't be able to uh, see. Uh, right. So it was great that way. One of the things that we did that uh, for our direct membership from OMREB was we partnered up with SoReb, which is the South Okanagan Real Estate Board, and we created a website for all of our members, both boards, uh, for all of them, just a one-stop shop. So we had all the government uh, help on there. We had anything that was going on with either one of the boards, just so that realtors had one spot to go to for any kind of reference that they needed, whether it was from BCREA, whether it was from CREA, whether it was the government supplies, all that kind of stuff. So that was, and it was well uh, attended to and uh, used in the first couple of weeks because of the fast changing right. um, things that were happening on a daily basis. Uh, that's slowed down now, which is quite nice. We don't have to be changing everything every day or every two days, but uh, at the very beginning, uh, it was it was good, and then we would have special guest webinars. We would have a, a weekly special guest uh, where we would bring in industry information, and uh, we'd have the president of the inspectors and all that kind of stuff speaking just to the realtors to give them a little bit of education while we were all at home. <laughs> Interesting. That's great. I, uh, that's a good idea around the one website for everyone to be able to get that. Because that's the hard thing right now is there's so much information everywhere. It's nice being able to consolidate and know where you're going. So Yeah, and that's um, what we can Excellent. Cassidy, um, can we talk, I know we, I mentioned before, sort of we're talking about events. So I think it's a good time to kind of talk about, um, I saw an email went out yesterday for the National Awards for Housing Excellence. Um, and it's going to be a virtual gala. In, in June. So can you speak a little bit about that and that decision to having to go virtual, obviously, because we have to on in sort of the, what that might look like? Um, yeah, so we're doing our national awards and as well as our provincial awards. Um, so our national ones are June 12th and our provincial ones, I believe, are June 25th. Um, so yeah, basically we talk because I'm now on the um, I'm on the uh, provincial executive as well. And we discussed, you know, at, at what point do we just decide to stop postponing things? And I know a lot of boards and a lot of businesses talk about, okay, well, we'll reschedule this for then. And, and, you know, I've heard of so many events get pushed off till September. I feel like September is going to be, you know, uh, event fatigue. So, um, you know, and then we run into the point too, where people need to apply for the next year's awards. So you can't apply for next year's awards before we've given out the winners for this year. So, um, I think it's going to be really exciting. It's an opportunity, you know, a lot of people weren't going to be able to, so they weren't going to be able to um, watch the awards. So a lot more people are going to be able to um, see the national and provincial awards this year. Um, a lot of the sponsors are really going to like it because they're actually going to reach a lot more people than they would just at the gala. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's going to work out really well. And I think uh, in future, I think our awards are probably going to be streamed uh, moving forward, would be my guess. Um, Tom, uh, Cassie mentioned sponsorship, and I know that a big part of the, you know, the revenue, or a part of the revenue, say a big part, or part of the revenue for the associations is through your sponsorship. So what have you guys seen on the sponsorship side? Are, are sponsors still staying with you guys and helping through webinars and sponsoring, or, or, or have you seen sort of uh, businesses sort of pull away from that? I don't think they've pulled away. We have, we're, we've, we've basically um, suspended all our events um, until 2021. So we, I don't think we're out uh, canvassing for sponsor money currently. Right. Uh, they've ran a few virtual um, webinars, and I know they've been sponsored by some members. Right. Um, so I, the cash flow is definitely down on that, but but people are still volunteering um, their time and doing these webinars for for Sika. And what do you guys see in association? And, and you guys, anyone can jump into this on the membership side. I know that uh, our are your members staying? Like, are, 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 have you seen any members not like move on saying, I can't renew my membership. I can't afford to do it. I'm not sure. Have you seen any of that in, in the associations? Tom, maybe if you want to speak to that first. Sure. Um, we have not seen that yet. Um, uh, we still think it's a bit early. Our membership renewal isn't um, at one time. So it's, it's throughout the whole year. Right. Um, I believe they're chasing a few, but other than that, it seems to be like status seems to be status quo still today. Kim, sorry, you were gonna, you were going to add to that. Uh, no, we're status quo as well. We've actually seen a few uh, new memberships come on, but our membership, uh, depending on because the education happening at the provincial level of RACBC, uh, they're not doing education for new realtors coming into the business. So, depending on what happens on that end, our membership has remained uh, the same. Excellent. Um, Kim, um, I wanted to ask around how realtors um, have been able to adapt during this time. So I've been hearing like a lot of, you know, the more use of, and I know this has been around for a while, but virtual tours and so forth. And, but there's some really creative ways I've been hearing that, you know, people can still continue doing business and show homes. And can you speak around that and what the, what your, what the members and what the realtors are doing around that? Sure. Um, if anything, realtors are the best at is it, it's adapting. <laughs> it's changed for us on a on a regular basis. So, uh, in regards to virtual, it, you know, three uh, D tours were very popular. Um, what Zoom has been able to do, which is giving realtors some new ideas, is being able to do a virtual tour with a Matterport video or an iGuide video on Zoom with your clients on screen with you um, is a lot of uh, really neat ways to get people in through houses where the realtor can explain what's in the house, show them up front and nobody's walking into a house and keeping everybody safe. So right. realtors have done a really good job um, across this whole country of using that technology to uh, keep everybody safe for sure. That's excellent. Um, we had a question come in, so I thought uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to it and then just take a break from me asking you guys all the questions. So, uh, and again, you and I think we kind of talked about this a little bit, but again, anyone can jump in. It says, do you think that the COVID pandemic will have an impact on builds like micro suites? Do you think there will be an increased demand for yard green space? And how do you expect that to impact affordability? Who wants it? Cassie, sure. Um, well, I think we still have a housing crisis uh, that didn't go away overnight. Uh, we still have an affordability crisis and that's not gone. So until we address all of that, 
people might only be able to afford micro suites. So um, I do think there is a desire to have more, um, but if at the end of the day, if people can't afford it, um, you know, that's what it is. Your home is still the best investment you can ever make, um, especially in our region. Um, pretty much anybody that owned a home, it was a lot easier to defer mortgage payments than it was to defer rent payments. Um, so it is, it's still desirable to own a home. Yeah, there was a, a, the second part of that maybe is that there was, I was reading an article that um, I think it was last week, a group of 40 housing advocates sort of got together and had this call to action for post COVID policy change. And they presented to the government. It was around um, better national housing strategy they're concerned around rent because they're concerned mortgages because their concern is if people can't pay their rent and mortgages our, our houses going to start getting scooped up by investors right where people can't because if people can't afford it. and this happened back in 2008 so what's your guys like is there a sense that we might see some of that in this market or you know where people aren't able to to pay their rent or their mortgages so their investors are going to take off you know i guess capitalize on that opportunity I think the sad part is, is that people could rent a basement suite for $2,500 a month, a two bedroom basement suite, which uh, is a massive mortgage payment. Like you could buy a home for the same price as that rent. And until we fix the stress test, until we find ways to help people with their down payments and actually get people into home ownership, uh, we're going to continue to struggle. We can come up with all the rent policies we want. Um, but if we move everybody to renting because nobody can afford to buy a home, that's not a healthy housing strategy. So, Cassie, from your from the CHBA part of sort of that, our side, is what it, what are you guys advocating for when it comes to like an economic stimulus? Like, what 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 are some of the areas that you guys are focusing on? Um, the big the big one is the home renovation tax credit, um, and why I think that one, you know, I think the Liberals have really messed up by not already implementing it is because of the wage subsidy. Um, trying to show a 30% decrease in revenue um, for or a lot of businesses drives a cash market because then they don't have to declare it. Um, they can collect cash and they can collect the wage subsidy. So um, to me, that's a no brainer that that's already been done. They already have the framework for it. They just have to push play. Um, it's, it's cost neutral because it's all underground economy anyways. Um, it's great for homeowners that want to have a small renovation done, whether they want new windows or that really those people shouldn't be paying GST on those products anyways. Um, so to me, that one's a no brainer. And I think every month they don't do it, uh, doesn't really make sense to me. Um, and then I know the stress test, all of our associations um, work nationally with, with a bunch of the banks as well. We definitely need to see changes to the stress test for sure. Does anyone want to add on to that from your own association side of where you guys are spending your time on the advocacy side during this time? And I think Cassie mentioned you guys are nodding your head on a few of the points. So I'm assuming you're aligned, but does anyone uh, want to add on to that, Rich? Yeah, yeah I'll just, uh, just add on to it. I, I agree with the, the items Cassie has mentioned. And, uh, you know, there's just a couple other things on the development side. And, and I do want to recognize, you know, the, the municipalities and, and specifically the city of Kelowna has definitely, you know, made measures to ensure that development can continue to move forward and I want to recognize that and and, um, and I know they continue to look at ways to to ensure that the industry um, can continue to move forward to try to provide affordable housing because as we discussed earlier if we're not providing the new units ultimately people still want to live here and still want to move here and it's going right. to increase in cost so 
on those two lines, you know, things that we're advocating for is any any methodology, any ways that we can decrease upfront costs of development, not necessarily changing the overall costs, which although that would be great, um, it's likely unrealistic, but deferring some of those upfront costs that, that developments have to incur right at the beginning of a project, that helps with the, the cost uh, metrics of, of moving forward and allows that project maybe to move forward earlier than it would have before. Um, and along those lines too, one of the things with this pause, as Kim had mentioned, um, you know, where projects are being delayed a little bit. Everyone in our industry believes that the project will move forward and that the demand will be here. Um, but with that delay, there's the, a, a big thing in the city of Kelowna, for example, is DCCs that recently came into effect in January. It's a big number. We have a project specifically in our company that that, that, that cost will be $500,000 more to that project if we don't get it done within 12 months, uh, which is the grandfathering period for DCCs right now. And obviously a delay here on getting pre-sales and getting that project in the ground could impact that. So we're advocating provincially through our association um, to see if there's a change because that's a provincially legislated um, item on that grandfathering period. But it appears that there would be potentially some support with, with local municipalities for that yeah. if they were allowed to do it, so. Thanks, Rich. Um, Kim, is now a good time to sell? <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I, it, you know what? It depends. And doesn't everybody love that answer? Um, <laughs> with, I, I just did a video on this myself for all of my clients. But it, it, uh, it's because um, the demand and the, and the numbers yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a good time to sell. It, it did, it's individual. It's uh, market dependent. So obviously, call your own realtor and have this conversation. Uh, but the demand for the housing is still there. The inventory is still low, uh, and that's always a good time to sell. Right. How about on the other side then? You know, we've been, you know, is uh, is there opportunities in? Or have you seen price? I guess more around price. I was going to say buying as well, but uh, are prices been pretty flat because of that? Or are you seeing like has there been a reduction in pricing across the board? What are you seeing around that? So the last stats that we have are April stats, and yeah. so I can only speak to those. Right. Uh, we we in most of the areas didn't see any reduction in value. And we actually saw a little bit of increase in value in some areas, I believe in the central Okanagan. So we haven't seen the value change because we didn't see the type of market change. So until we see the pressure on either the uh, downward on the buying or the upward on the listings, we then we'll start to see the value of the houses change. But that's usually the last stack that changes. Right, right. Um, Tom, um, what are you, uh, and I didn't, I don't think I, I asked this question. I do want to circle back before there's another question that came in is that, um, what are you hearing from your members right now where they need the biggest support, like from, from the SECA point of view, like what, what are you hearing from, uh, from members on where you're able to support what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis? So, uh, what we're hearing is, uh, we're looking for fairness from the construction. Uh, we're looking for fairness from the owners. With, with regards to schedule and an understanding because of uh, potentially lack of manpower because of COVID. Um, we're also advocating for that owners continue to build and, and continue to get projects going um, during these slower times when um, potentially, um, 
you can get yourself ahead. And maybe, like Rich said, yeah, get in the ground early to get things done quicker. You mentioned uh, around hiring. Is there a concern amongst the um, the associations where it was already hard to hire people in trades? That you know, that was one of the difficult things we always hear. I think in every industry, but is is what we've gone through? Is it going to make it harder? Or is it going to make it easy? Like, where where's the sense of from the association point of view, members? on uh potential employment when if this if this turns around and you got to hire people now because they're going to get busier is it, is it going to be there is the workforce going to be there well i think currently there is a ton of people looking for work um we had one member who uh, put out an ad for a project manager and he said he got 240 um resumes submitted within the first two weeks wow. he also did the same thing for a red seal carpenter and again the uh the res- response was 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 huge What's going to happen, I believe, um, especially in the Okanagan, is the weather's going to get nice and no one's going to want to work again. And then we're going to struggle through the summers or through the summer. And then the winter's going to hit. People want to work again. So I don't know if it's going to change it much, to be honest. Um, I just think we have this 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 way in the Okanagan where no one wants to really work in the summertime. Are we all taking the summer off? Is that what I heard? I put my hand up. <laughs> Uh, does anyone else want to speak to that around sort of the uh, um, employment or hiring? If there's any issues, quote unquote, around that area, or, or anyone else have anything to add there? Yeah, Rich. Yeah, I, I would uh, just echo some of the things I think Tom mentioned about you know the work, the workload coming in the fall could be could be substantial, and 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 that's that's more where where some of the concerns may lie is if if all, a whole bunch of projects and a whole bunch of work comes to fruition, um, and and there isn't enough. Work, workforce there how does that impact uh you know the projects and timelines because right now i would assume that a lot of trades people out there are they're they're, they're hungry they're out there looking for those jobs to to fill their bucket for the next six to 12 months and the the caution is that if if a lot of that work goes out and then a lot of it gets awarded and they can't fulfill those contracts and then you're stuck now trying to find someone else to to complete that work in the time frame that you need, so I think that's just one of the things to be to be cautious of. But certainly, as Tom mentioned, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there right now that are are willing and able to work. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. Um, Cassidy, um, what are ways that you're seeing some of your members, builders, renovators, that are pivoting, um, not just to deal with COVID, maybe, but looking into the future? What are some ways that you're you're hearing and seeing? Um, well, our national uh, association just came out with a certified aging in place program. So, um, you know, I'm not an expert at long-term health care, but I think, uh, y- you know, everyone followed the news can tell that that was obviously not the, um, you know, most successful place to deal with COVID. Um, so I think you are going to see more people wanting to stay in their homes longer. Um, so what the aging in place does is it makes sure that, um, you know, when you're building a house, try not to build it with one or two steps into your front door, try to build at the right level. So if you're in a wheelchair or you're in a walker, it's easy to get into your home. Um, hallways that are wide enough, showers that have a bench and no curb. And um, a lot of these little things that could allow somebody to stay in their home for a very long time. Um, I know my dad had cancer and, and, you know, there's definitely things in their home that would have made it a lot easier. Um, so things to keep in mind when you are building a house, um, don't build it just to say, you know, we got to build for resale for sure. But what if you happen to live there for 20 years, maybe you should plan it around that as well. 
Um, and so I think that's going to be a big one. I think that's going to be a, a big change. I think um, with the new uh, regulations coming out about suites and um, removing the size limit on suites. Um, so basically your suite could be any size now in your, in your home. Once I know the city of Kelowna, Rich, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is still has to change their bylaws. I know they want to, uh, but they still are working on it. Um, so I think you'll see just just people building their homes and, and you know, having their kids live in the basement and, and, you know, maybe as they age, maybe you switch, you know, spots in there and uh, you're probably going to see more families living together for longer. Thank you. Uh, you guys mentioned a couple of times, I think Rich and Cassie just have been working with the municipality and, and local government. Can you guys speak from an association point of view? Is it heightened now? Are, are you communicating with them more than you ever have because of what's happening? And how has the relationship been? And, and maybe, again, someone can just, you know, chime in and see, just speak around what that's looked like, that the relationship's been. Yeah, we, uh, as, as an organization, UDI, we, we do engage with each municipality in the local region, um, you know, with, with specific, uh, what we call it, our, our uh, liaison committees. And so we have regular meetings with them, but that's definitely, uh, you know, in, in a few cases, that's, that's definitely heightened and, and having more communication. Um, and the other thing that we're, we're finding right now is, is a lot of the municipalities are working on just general policy work, stuff that, that's been on their books, you know, if they, if they don't have, say, the same level of applications coming in, you know, there's, some, there's an opportunity there to make improvements to the process and policy work, which we get very involved in and make sure that we advocate for, for good policy to, to build our communities. Thank you. Um, there was a question that came in, I'll, I'll, um, and again, you guys can kind of jump in. It says, there's a concern of foreign ownership and investors purchasing local homes, something I mentioned earlier. Do your organizations support limiting housing purchase access to Canadians to help with the housing affordability? It's a big, that's a, that's a big question. <laughs> Anybody, yeah, Rich. Yeah, I, I would just, in in general, the statement that I would come from my perspective, and, and you can take it with a grain of salt if you feel like it, but any time that there's a demand measure um, reduction, so so I would consider any sort of limitation on who can buy homes would be pushing down the demand side of the supply and demand um, equalization is going to result in a negative outcome, in my in my opinion, and, and I think that would be echoed in, in many economics textbooks and, and in that world. Uh, you know, really, when you push down that demand, then generally speaking, you're going to end up with pricing increasing and you're going to end up with what I believe is called in the economics world dead weight loss, which means that there's people that are willing to sell and there's people that are willing to buy, but they're not allowed to. Right. So you, you lose this economic component of your, of, of your, um, your industry. Anyone else want to add to that or? Everyone's staying away from that question, Cassie. Well, I, I think that's the one part of the spec tax that everyone agrees on. I don't think anybody is advocating that they don't agree that foreign buyers should pay the spec tax, but I think the spec tax is an example of like, yeah, that little part of it is right, uh, but there's so many other flaws with that policy that are actually causing an increase in housing. Um, it didn't bring more rental properties on board like they thought it would. Um, and so, yeah, that, that is any big housing policies like that, they're always very tricky because there's, there's parts of it you can get everyone to rally around and everyone can say, yeah, foreign buyers should pay more, you know, but all the unintended consequences that come with it um, are things that people just either don't know about or don't care about. And uh, they have a lot of negative impacts. 
on our economy. Um, so Kim, where do you see opportunities right now? Like where do you see opportunities in the next six to eight and 12 months in the real estate market for your, for your members? Because again, you cover such a broad, I'm recovered, I don't know if people know, it's Revelstoke all the way up to? Down to Peachland. Peachland. So it's a pretty broad area with diverse markets, right? But where do you see, um, for people that are tuning in, like where, where, where do you see opportunities? Opportunities for, I just want to know who I'm speaking for, for our members? Yes. So I think um, the fact that we are able to continue to do the job that um, our clients require us to do during this whole time has been a benefit and having the technology that we uh, can uh, continue to do it and keep everybody safe has been an opportunity. So maintaining uh, the uh, relationships between ourselves and our clients in order to uh, walk someone through that whole process, I think is a benefit. Um, the, the housing market, depending on what happens with the economy is, is going to see what happens with real estate. It's really hard. I really wish I had a crystal ball because it would be very helpful at this time. Uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's, we, we work on a month to month and we're looking at stats and we're trying to figure out where it all goes. And uh, the, but the opportunity definitely lies in the technology and the ability to um, maintain our profession and, and maintain our services to our clients uh, through this time, even though we can't physically, uh, sometimes physically can't go up. Cassie, where do you see um, a, a little bit along that line? Where do you see the issues facing residential construction moving forward? Like where, where, where are some areas that you think are gonna be a potential struggle? Um, there's basically two big ones. One of them um, that we're starting to see a little bit now is with lending. Um, lenders, um, especially the smaller lenders, I think are running low on how much money they can lend out. Um, a lot of lenders are servicing clients that they have but aren't able because they're swamped to um, extend to new clients. So I have heard of some projects being put on hold just because they can't um, secure the lending. I think that will resolve over time. You know, we've had a lot of people defer mortgage payments and all that kind of stuff. Once people probably start making payments again, um, that issues will be resolved, hopefully. Um, and, and another one I, is just the continued uh, draw from all three levels of government from housing. So, you know, it's a revenue stream for a lot of people. And then, then we sit and throw our hands up and say, why aren't homes affordable? So. Rich, along those lines as well as uh, typically, you know, during downturns, you mentioned there's a lot of reflection or, you know, you, oh, you're working on policies over, but what does the future development look like in this market? Like what, and again, like, like Kim said, we all wish we had crystal balls. We don't, but it, you've been, you've been in the industry long enough now. What, what's the future look like? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that I can, uh, can say just cause I've been in the industry that I know exactly what's going to be, but <laughs> I think Tom, Tom had mentioned earlier and I would agree with that comment that I think we're going to see a stronger, um, third quarter and fourth quarter coming into the new year. Um, you know, I think people are there, they're, they're, they're anxious to get into the market, um, when they feel confident. It's that consumer confidence level needs to get to that point. And as Cassie mentioned, the lenders also need to be on board with that, right? That, that's a, obviously a key, key component. So I think, I think that's where, you know, the market's going to go, whether it's one quarter or more or less, it's hard to say. And, and how big of a push that's going to be, it's very hard to say, but I think there's, there's opportunity there. And there's, there's also, you know, from all, all indications are that the government's going to be 
trying to support, um, you know, obviously the restart of the economy. And so there could be, uh, you know, a significant amount of money coming into the industry through various housing initiatives. Again, the, the, the component of that is working all three levels of government working together, as Cassidy mentioned, to not add costs, but to actually make things happen. And I encourage them to move swiftly um, and engage all the stakeholders uh, that they can that are involved all the way through to the end homeowner, what they actually want. Some people just want a house. They don't need it to be the Cadillac version of a house, right? So. Fair enough. And Tom, how about, do you want to add to that? Um, you started talking about a little bit earlier that, you know, you feel like the third quarter is going to be a robust or fourth quarter. But if you look further ahead, do you have a little bit of where you think the market's going to be in 2021? Well, we're not so residential per se as, 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 as everyone else. I guess I look at our last recession and the government came out with a uh, initiative to spend money on infrastructure. And we're hoping that uh, we see that again early in the new year and, and we can upgrade some bridges and, and some uh, highways and, uh, and schools. Uh, this current government has spent some money in our area uh, building some new schools and new hospitals. So that's what we're hoping to see, I guess, would be uh, in the new year or, or later, maybe down in 2021, third or fourth quarter of 2021. That's kind of where, where I'm guessing where we may go. Excellent, thank you. Um, Kim, uh, uh, since uh, the last week, businesses are starting to open, uh, you know, and, and we're seeing a lot more of them. Are you getting a sense of people are at least there's some positivity coming back in the market? Are you getting a sense as you're talking to your clients and your members that there's a little bit more? I hate to use the word we're back to we're getting back to some new normal, but but is is there been some uh, we're seeing it right where people are starting to feel a bit better? They're getting out. There are you seeing some of that in the market? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, and it's nice to have a little bit of positivity after the two months of. Um, not so much positivity. <laughs> so yeah, we're definitely see it. Uh, you know, a lot of realtors I've talked to have said their phone started to ring about two and a half weeks ago when that announcement came out that businesses would be open. And it's, uh, I think everybody's been so, um, so tired of, of staying so close to home because British Columbians were amazing at doing right. that. Look at how our province is now that we want a little bit of a reward of, okay, we did so good. Can we go out now? Um, so we are seeing that for sure. And, and again, everybody's phones have started to ring and the questions are being asked of, okay, can we go out? How can we go out? Um, but it's still good because I want to mention that even though we're allowed to go out and show houses and, and sell homes, realtors are taking extra precautions to make sure everybody's safe. And they're still not just going out and showing homes just to show homes. There's a lot of realtors that are doing very strict qualifications. And if you get an in-person showing with a realtor, it's because they've been qualified. Those buyers are ready to buy right now. They're not just wanting to look at 15 houses because of it. Because of it. They're re they've reduced their listings down to, okay, here's my top three. Let's go look at the three and then let's go buy one. So I, I think that's been also really good because uh, it, it's, there's a lot of realtors making sure they're doing it by the rules to keep everybody safe. And that's, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I think, you know, I don't say take it for granted, but I think that's one of the, the benefits of having associations like this on a call, because if the members are for lack of a better word vetted, you can trust that the members actually can be following proper health regulations if they're a member of these associations. 
So yeah. look for that. Look look on their websites. Make sure that they're you know they're that it's you know they're an OMRAP member or CICA member, or CHVA or, or you know or, or UDI because that that says something about the business. Yeah, yeah, and the standards there, the level of professionalism is there, and and the public can trust that that is being looked after. For sure, that's excellent. Thank you. Um, we're Cassie, you were nodding your head a little bit there when I asked the question about are we seeing some positivity now that a little bit of the business is open? Is there anything you wanted to add there? Just went, this didn't want to miss that point. If you wanted to add a little bit into that, yeah, I just know like a lot of our members are saying the same thing. Their phones are ringing like crazy. It did start two weeks ago. Usually in construction, uh, residential construction, we have sales seasons in spring and in fall. Um, it's like clockwork. As soon as the sun comes out in the spring, people start buying again. Um, usually it happens right after Easter. Um, the, the first sunny day after Easter, again, I've been doing this long enough. You can pr pretty much put it in your calendar. That's when the phone's going to start ringing. Um, so yeah, it, it, it just, you know, shifted it a bit, but you know, lots of people buying lots. Um, lots of people have more leads this year than they did last year. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, we are going to be really busy, which is a good thing. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's a good thing. I would say when we're saying everyone's excited to get back out, I was going to say, I just couldn't wait to get, go to my barber and get my hair cut. But <laughs> 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 there's three of us that were all, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I decided uh, not to go with that. Style. That's right. <laughs> Um, one of the things that we're down to our last 10, well, yeah, nine minutes, I, I did, there was a, I've been seeing reports and, 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 and again, whoever can jump in and I just want your guys' thoughts and opinion on this is that the CMHC is predicting that we won't see a pricing recovered for about two years. Are we sheltered a little bit? I always feel like we're in a little bit of a bubble in the Okanagan and, and, and maybe it's just my positivity. I tried, I'm a half glass full kind of guy. So um, are we a little bit sheltered from here in the rest of Canada, what rest of Canada might face? We see these numbers, like some of the numbers saying 60, 70% down. And, you know, and then I see reports here, we're like, well, we're predicting 10% in BC. That's a big difference, right? So Kim, can you talk a little bit about that? Cause we hear these numbers across national and what, is it, what does it mean in our backyard? Well, I think the, the number one most important thing every, everybody needs to understand is that real estate is very localized. It has to do with exactly what's going on around here. So when they say those broad numbers for Canada, the numbers might apply to some areas in Toronto or they might apply to some areas in Vancouver, but it, it, it doesn't give a blanket everybody's going to go down by a certain amount of uh, percentage. So uh, that's where making sure you're talking to all the people that are local is so important because we pull local stats to figure out what's going on in the local market. Uh, so I think as well to add to that is I also think we're a little bit insulated because of where we live. We live in an area where everybody loves to retire. Everybody loves to come visit. So we, we are the, the, in my opinion, we live in God's country in this little spot that not a lot of people, uh, not a lot of people know about. So it's, that would be my opinion. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we're down to our last few minutes and I did want to get everyone's answer. Like I said, we, we try to do these. Um, the reason we do these is try to support our local businesses and how we can get through this together. Obviously, uh, are all facing at some level, some, you know, different issues. So I, maybe you can start with Tom is, the last question I want and everyone's got about a minute to answer is from people that are tuning in, businesses, members, whatever it may be, how, how can, um, what can we do as a local business community to support each other and help each other get through something like this, what we're going through right now? 
Well, the uh, restaurant, the lunchbox challenge that you hear about on the news is a good idea. That's local. Um, continue to buy local. Um, we put a priority at my company for it was continue to buy local for spe especially for your PPE and uh, office supplies. Um, and uh, once we can get out in the community, uh, volunteer, I guess. Excellent. Thank you, Tom. Rich? Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to offer uh, in addition to that. I think it's just it's just really good to get out and, and support, obviously, the, the community in any way you can um, and, and do it safely, obviously. Um, and, and again, I, I've mentioned it before, sales sales are going to move and, and that consumer confidence. And I, I think right now is just a great, a great opportunity given what's what the government's doing out there and, and where our current interest rates are at and opportunities you know, to get into the real estate market if you can, if you're, if you're lucky enough to still be employed. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to get into the market and move things forward. And that obviously the, the construction and real estate industry drives a lot of jobs and a lot of economics into this um, province. So just encourage that. Thank you. Kim? So supporting local is always the best. I've seen uh, another really great thing that realtors are doing is they're focusing in and promoting certain little community uh, businesses within their own community. So I think it's another way that our members support the local uh, businesses as well. Thank you. And Cassie, you have the last word. <laughs> um, I would just say look for, um, you know, not only buying local, but when you buy local, buy from Canadian manufacturers. A lot of people don't realize um, what we produce in this country. So when you go to buy plumbing fixtures, um, not only buying from a local supplier, but try to stick to the Canadian manufacturers because you'd be really amazed. We're making some really amazing products in this country. Excellent. Well, thank you guys for taking the time to uh, spend the morning with us. I really appreciate it. Um, the, like I mentioned, the recordings are available on Facebook um, that we can share as well. And, and uh, feel free to reach out if anyone has any other questions. Um, we understand the importance of the business community. And again, what we do with this is to really just support as much as we can uh, support each other and get through this. So I uh, thank you guys very much for joining us this morning. I really appreciate it. Have yourself a wonderful day and thank you for tuning into Business Matters. Thank you. Thanks for having, Bye -bye. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation.